Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to my Purpose Singleness course. My name is Joshua Ezzy. And for those who don't know me, I'm also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. I'm excited about today's um, talk because we're going to be talking about how to encourage yourself or how uh, to overcome discouragement. And uh, so if you know anyone that may benefit from this video, feel free to share with them if you feel like uh, this video uh, is for you. After watching, if you're new, go ahead and subscribe. I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been rocking me for a long time, who's been subscribed, man, I uh, just want to say thank you all for your continued support and all the love that you show my my life, my wife and me <laughs> and uh, everything that you guys do. And we really appreciate it. Um, so get ready to engage. Let's get right into the main points as we talk about um, how to encourage ourselves in tough times and how to overcome discouragement. But there's some scriptures I want to cover real quickly, but I also want to make sure I shout out all the listeners out there, those who are listening through podcasts. I just want to say thank you all so much for listening, for engaging. I, we get a lot of people that listen. There's a lot of people, probably more people that listen than they do that watch. So I just want to make sure I start communicating with you all uh, my support and, and thank and thanking you all for being such a continued support uh, through listening and all the ways that you guys support. But let's get right into some scriptures. I'm going to breeze through these real quickly and then we want to get into a little bit more uh, um, um, uh, the meat of the message so that we can really understand how we, whether you're single, married, wherever you are, we can all learn from this, even though it's for singles. But we all can learn how we can encourage ourselves in a midst of something that's discouraging. But some scriptures real quick that I want to make sure I read that we understand that we can that we can dip and dive back into as we divulge into this lesson is uh, Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. I love that verse. And I oftentimes say this when it comes to this verse, the reason why many of us are weary is, are not, is not because of well-doing, but because of poor doing. A lot of us are wearied or discouraged or disappointed, not because we're doing good and we're just tired or fatigued from that, but most of us are weary from poor doing versus uh, doing good. So we have to always audit ourselves to make sure that our weariness is not because we are doing a poor job, not implementing disciplines, not engaging disciplines, but, but that we are not allowing ourselves to grow really at all. But a lot of people's weariness is due to poor doing. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. This verse is very encouraging. It lets us know that there is a due season. But oftentimes before we have a due season, we got to do something in this season. That the dues of this season, when we pay those dues and we do the dues of this season, then we can have a due season. So this verse is very comforting for those who are not encouraged or discouraged because we have to understand that we have to make sure we do not grow weary and well-doing. So some of you all are doing well in your singleness. So a lot of you all are doing well, but do not allow the temptations of weariness to creep in and that you're causing yourself to grow weary when you're actually doing what God wants you to do in this phase of life. Let's continue. It says, for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up, meaning that there's some responsibility in that we got to make sure we stay consistent and not give up. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Ghost, as you know, I'm a Holy Ghoster. I ain't a Holy Spirit. I Holy Spirit cool, but I he the Holy Ghost to me. By the power of the Holy Ghost, you may abound in hope. That's a very important text. That text is very, very, very important for us to understand because it says that God is the only place of hope. 
that when we feel discouraged, we must understand that God's the only place of hope. May the God of hope. Other gods that we worship, other gods that we, we uh, glorify, they can't give us hope because they're not eternal. They're not eternal. God is the only one that can give earthlings, <laughs> you know, he's the only one that can give people in this earth realm or humans hope because he's seen everything. It's easy for him to give us hope when he has the full scope. God is the only one that can give us hope because he has the full scope. He sees the end before there was a beginning. He knows everything. So we can be encouraged knowing that God has a full scope of our lives and that he's the only one that can fill us with hope. And it says, may the God of hope, who's the only one that we can anchor ourselves in, hopefully, <clears throat> not hopefully in a bad way, but he's the only one that we can anchor ourselves as far as hope. It says, fill you with, it, with all joy. Fellowship with God fills us with joy. The more we fellowship with, the more our joy is full. When we fellowship with him, we're, we're, we're basically saying, uh, 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 I'm understanding God more and more. And the more I fellowship, my joy is full. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It says, may the God of hope, when we understand that God is hope and that he's the only one that can fill us with joy. Joy is a byproduct of contentment. Contentment is a byproduct of having the right perspectives. And peace in believing. The more you the more you engage God, the more you can have a, a sense of believing. Right. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope, abound in may, meaning being sustained in hope that no matter what is discouraging you, no matter how long it's taking, no matter what you're facing or going through, you can always abound in hope. Stay on top, engage, floating on hope, not seeking in despair. But we, we got to be in a place of abounding and not trying to rebound. We want to always stay abound, knowing that the Holy Spirit is the only one by his power that keeps us abounding in hope because he's the one point, pointing us to the one who has full scope. Right. Let's continue. The next verse says. Isaiah 41, 10, fear, fear, let me make sure uh, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed or discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love that. The text says, fear not. That's a commandment. Only the God who's a God of hope, only the God who has full scope can tell someone not to fear. Only the omniscient one can tell you uh, uh, why not to fear because he's already seen the finish line. He says, the reason why I'm telling you not to fear, for I am with you. <laughs> I, I don't care who's not with you right now. I don't care if you feel alone. I don't feel, I don't care if you feel discouraged because you feel like no one's there. He says, I am with you. Be not dismayed. Be not discouraged. It says some of us are in a fear category and some of us in a discouraged category. One of my favorite teachers, Miss McCullough taught on this. And one of our uh, staff Bible studies that really, uh, uh, we, we get to the point where we always talk about fearing not, but we never get into the not being discouraged. So no matter where you are right now, God is saying, do not be dismayed for I am your God, meaning that I am your God. I am the supreme. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. It means that my hand, when my right hand will not pervert you, my hand will not deceive you. And that's important for us to understand because we have been in the fellow, we have been I'm connected with people's right hands where we thought that they were strong enough, where we thought that they was disciplined enough, where we thought they had a, that they were uh, um, good with their word. Right. And so what happens is we we trust in other people's right hand. But God says, my right hand is righteous. 
I'm not going to uh, uh, promise you a right hand and then do some manipulative with my left hand. He says, my right hand is righteous. He says, I will uphold you. Let's keep going. Uh, here we go. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, Philippians 4, 6, we all know that text. It says, do not be anxious by anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We've, we've taught on that for many, many videos. So we'll go to the next verses. Joshua 1, 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's very profound. Wherever you go, he says, I am with you. He says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Don't not, not just be strong and trusting your strength, but be courageous with that strength and do not be frightened. That's a command, meaning that there will be some things that will frighten you. There will be some things that will cause you to be discouraged. But you have to understand for you, the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God. I love when it says the Lord, your God, because the Lord means that I'm responsible for you. And God means that I am supreme over everything. So not only am I your steward, but I am the supreme and I'm with you wherever you go. Let's continue. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love and self-control. And James 4, 7 says, submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The more we submit to God, the more we fellowship with him, the more we'll begin to see we're on the right side, we'll begin to resist the devil, and he will flee from us. Let's continue. Next slide. And let me go ahead and make sure I talk to those who's in the comments. And if you watch right now, join me in the comments. We got LaShawn, what's going on? I just coached her. Oh, she just put here. Thanks for a great session they coach. You are a true blessing. God gets the glory. And for those who's like, man, how can I do what LaShondra did? I have some availability this summer for life coaching. So if you want one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with me, like LaShondra, she had an hour and 30 minutes with me. Um, you can go to my website, imunplugged.com. Let me make sure I put it up. Uh, and if LaShondra, if you want to post what you got from it, what was what, what made it blessed for you, that would, I appreciate that. If you want to, you don't have to. But uh, uh, imunplugged.com, go to the uh, coaching session tab. Um, let me know what your budget is. Let me know what you what you uh what you need, and um I'll see what I can do. So next six weeks I'll be doing more one on one coaching. So if you need if you want coaching from me and you want a little bit more time, um then um you can book a session with me. So thank you, Lissandra. I'm glad I, I'm glad you uh, had a great session day, and we, I definitely look forward to the next one. Joanne's uh, Joanne McCoy says, "Good morning, coach from Long Beach. Thank you for watching from Long Beach. Thank you for watching." And uh uh Khalil. Bennett says, I'm not happy with being single. After we watch this video, I know, I know there's a lot of single individuals who are discouraged. Walk with me through this, and I hope that you'll be encouraged. Because like I always tell people, like I told LaShondra today, just when I talk to people, I, I talk about how singleness is not a, a stepchild in life. Singleness is not a, a, a less favorable season. Uh, singleness is just as important as marriage. Because it's a preparatory uh, season. It's, it gives you the opportunity to prepare. So as we go through being discouraged about being single and, and all that kind of stuff, we'll, we'll, um, we'll be able to, um, hopefully, by the help of the Holy Ghost, encourage you and give you another perspective about singleness. So I hope that helped. 
So, hey, LaShonda said, we talked about singleness and how to be content with where God has you until he blesses you with better. Thank you so much. That's what we talked about today. We had a great session, an hour and 30 minutes, and I pray that it was fruitful for our sister. Now, discouragement and singleness. Now, main thought is for today, we must encourage ourselves. We must learn how to encourage ourselves or encourage yourself. Our main thought is, and I probably should have typed this more thoroughly, uh, uh, the importance of encouraging ourselves, right? So the problem is this. Many singles or individuals are allowing discouragement to distance them from walking in courage, causing them to either give up or give in. Oh, we got some people watching. We got hello from Lebanon. Thank you for watching from Lebanon. We greatly appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, uh, Bailey says, hey, coach, thank you so much for all your teaching. It has been such a blessing in my life. I just went through your teaching on confirmation. The Holy Spirit is at work in you, brother. God bless. God bless you too. And God gets the glory. I am just a vessel, man. So God definitely gets the glory. Thank you so much for your encouraging words there, Bailey. I really appreciate them. But the problem is this, that many singles or individuals are allowing discouragement to distance them from walking in courage, causing them to give up or to give in. Now, what does that mean? Many singles right now and many individuals are allowing discouragement. The fact that they haven't received what they wanted to receive or the disappointments of life. They're allowing all the various things that 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 plagues our world to discourage them or to distance themselves from courage. If you look at discourage, you see two words, dis and courage. Dis is also distant. That the enemy's objective is to utilize your surroundings, your environment, the, the comparisons of society within society to try to distance you from your courage in Christ, your confidence in God. He wants to distance you from where your hope should be in. He wants to distance you from where your courage should be in, causing you to be uh, 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 depressed from that discouragement, right? So many singles individuals are allowing discouragement to distance them from walking in courage. That there's a particular courage that God wants us to walk in. He wants us to walk in his confidence, his courage, his strength. That's why the enemy doesn't want us to pursue or be content in joy. He wants us to pursue happiness. The reason why he doesn't want us to acknowledge God so that we'll be un unstable and double-minded. But God wants us to be encouraged that he is responsible for us that he has everything laid out for us, that you are well able to possess the land, that you don't have to anchor yourself in inadequacies or insecurities, that God is your strength and the joy of the Lord will strengthen you and the Holy Spirit will help you abound in hope. That's why the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. The enemy wants to continue to move the goalposts, that when you begin to pursue happiness and begin to pursue all these different things, he moves the anticipated thing further back so that it will cause sickness in you. So you have this hope in this being your salvation, that marriage will be my salvation, that children will be my salvation, that this way of life will be my salvation. This or that will be my salvation. And then when you come within the jaws of that thing and realize that that thing is not able to save, then you become sick in the process because you have developed a false hope, developed from false expectations coming from false dispositions, right? So when you begin to realize 
that God is your hope, that God is your joy, that God is the, that the only place that we can be fully sustained in these areas is in God, then we will find ourselves basking in his presence and allowing that to bring the fullness of joy in us so that we can walk joyfully, even in the midst of what other people will say, oh, you should be married by now, or shouldn't you have kids by now? Or, or shouldn't you have this? Or why, where's your God now? Why are you going through this? But you will begin to say, hey, I know in whom I have covenant with. I know in whom is responsible for me. And I will walk confidently despite what's around me telling me otherwise. Right? That's what we must do. So let's continue. Let's look at some definitions real quickly. We're going to look at discouraged. Discouraged by definition is having lost confidence or enthusiasm. A discouraged person is the one who has lost confidence or enthusiasm. They're disheartened. So discouraged means that I was once confident. I was once enthusiastic, enthused, right? But now I'm disheartened and I have lost my confidence. There are going to be some things in life that's going to make you lose confidence. There's going to be some things in life that's going to rattle you. There's going to be some things that's going to discourage you. But the goal in life is if if just because a feeling rises don't doesn't mean that we ride that emotion. Just because an emotion rises or I feel discouraged or I am disappointed, right? Or or whatever, that I'm that I know where my courage comes from and I invest and engage in that, right? So discouraged individuals are the ones who have lost confidence, right? Thanks, Coach Josh. I was just asking these questions. I am listening carefully. Thank you so much, Angela. I hope that, I hope this is beneficial as we continue because there are going to be seasons that are going to make us feel discouraged, but we have to learn how to encourage ourselves and strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And we're going to talk about that with the story with David. But a discouraged person is one who has lost confidence or enthusiasm, disheartened. Discouraged by definition means to deprive of courage. The enemy's objective is to discourage us or just the fallenness of the world by, by default discourages, meaning to deprive of courage or confidence, right? Or does it harden? To hinder by disfavoring. Some people discourage you by not showing you favor. It's hard for me to be discouraged by people when I know I'm favored by God. See, promotion doesn't come from the east to the west. It comes from God. So when I know that I'm favored by God, that God surrounds me with favor like a shield, that God is the one that's responsible for me, I don't, I don't bask in people discouraging me or trying to attempt to discourage me. And there are going to be people and things and circumstances and influences or, and also the success of others that will discourage us due to the what we don't have. But our confidence cannot be in what we don't have. Our confidence must always be in who we have and whose we are. Right. So when I know that God is responsible for me and when I know that God loves me and when I know that God has a plan for me, despite how slow it's developing, then I will allow myself to be deprived of courage because I will always recollect or I will always look back at that God is always there and is at hand. So discourage means that there are going to be things, circumstances, individuals that will attempt to discourage you. 
and have you to look at what's not available in your life or what you don't have to cause you to fall deeper into dismay or discouragement where depression is inevitable. But when we distance ourselves from where courage where courage is supposed to come from or where courage does come from, then we will find ourselves discouraged because the things of life cannot support us like God can. So discouraged by definition is to deprive of courage or confidence to weaken us through inadequacies or weaken us through insecurities or to weaken us through impatience, to weaken us through comparisons that we're comparing ourselves to other people. So I'm discouraged. Oh, she just got married. He just got married. Now I'm discouraged. Listen, I tell people all the time, you don't know how that marriage was made. You want a marriage made by God. You don't want a marriage made by man. You don't even want a marriage made by your hand. You want a marriage made by God, right? Because when a marriage is made by God, you have confidence in the fact that God confirmed it. But so many people are are affirming their grip on things that God never confirmed. And they realize when they are not strong enough to hold on to it, it falls apart. So we cannot compare ourselves. And there's a lot of single people right now who are comparing their single life to someone else's dysfunctional married life. But their online presence looks functional. But behind the scenes or offline, their marriage is dysfunctional. Never compare your real life to somebody else's highlights because nobody's going to post their lowlights. Nobody's going to post where where they make turnovers or mistakes. People are always post that they're doing well because they're trying to prove to someone on the opposite side of that screen that they're happy. Anytime people got to prove they're happy, they're not happy. The more you post about a thing typically means that you the, the more insecure you are about that thing. Valuable things are protected. Valuable things are guarded. So don't compare your single life to someone's married life. We don't even know the functionality of that marriage. You don't even know if God was the one that confirmed it. And a lot of people are losing grip on their lives uh, because of how well somebody else's life looked in comparison to the thief of joy. That's why you cannot compare yourself to something that you wasn't there for the conception of. You can't compare your life to something that you wasn't there through the constructing of. You can't compare your current life to what is, is, is operating in somebody else's. And that's important because when you begin to compare yourself to other people, you lose your own joy. Listen, I don't compare myself to other people's ministries. I don't compare my life, my marriage to other people's marriage. Listen, I've been in the game a long time, man. I've heard the horror stories. I've been in coaching sessions with couples whose Instagram life don't match their current life. You got to watch out with comparing yourself to people who do things for the gram and don't do things for God. When you do things from God for God in your single life, then your marriage will be of God and will be on mission and fulfilling the vision that God has for it. But when you are comparing yourself for people that only does stuff for the gram, but don't even have a gram of, of evidence to prove that their life is of God and sustained by God, then you're finding yourself being discouraged in something that you don't have full intel of. That's why you got to trust the one who has full scope so that your hope won't fall into down slopes. So when you have your faith in the one who has full scope and, and your hope is in him, then you won't have to have worry about your hope going down slopes and then go over there looking for dope to try to keep yourself awake through your signal, to try to keep you awake during the season to try to get you to the next place. No, but when you like when your life is anchored in the one who has full scope, you'll know that God sees all and is above all and that in his due season, things will come in my way or come my way. 
So do not allow comparison to cause you to be discouraged because you don't have full intel of even how that you don't have you don't have full intel to even know if they are well. You cannot measure someone's life based upon what they post. You see what I'm saying? You measure your life by the Lord of hosts. Let's keep going. Discourage uh, uh, to hinder by disfavoring. Some people are trying to subconsciously discourage you by disdaining favor from you, right? Trying to disfavor you. So don't worry about people who, who don't give you attention. Don't worry about people who, who belittle you. Don't, don't be discouraged by people who, who utilize their much to, to, to make you feel like you're not, uh, that you don't have enough. Don't be discouraged by people whose reward are their rewards. Don't envy somebody whose rewards are only here. Don't envy someone whose all their rewards will be here. And what I mean by that is many of us are envying people or have been discouraged by people who have a lot, who are broadly walking into rooms with their much, right? And, and making you feel discouraged because you don't have what they have and they're making you feel like that. They make you feel disfavorable. They make you feel like you're not worth to be on a level. By, by whose standards? See, the game of life is not about laying up treasures down here where, or where moth and rust can destroy or where thieves can break in and steal. Life is about laying up treasures in your heavenly bank account. I don't care what man walks by me with a with a better car or a better house or and they're trying to make me feel like I'm not on their level. Fam, have you seen my house in heaven? Fam, are you laying up treasures up there? Because obviously your joy is in what you have now. My joy is what I'm going to have. My joy is in who I have, not what I have. And I will be rewarded in due season. So some people are discouraged because of people disfavoring them. Don't worry about because, listen, there's been a look at the NBA playoffs. How many teams had 26 point leads, 18 point leads, up two games, up three games to one and lost the series? It don't matter how much of a lead a person has. I don't care <clears throat> how much a lead a person has. As long as I'm with the one who bled for me, then I don't care how much of a lead. I know he bleed. And because of his blood, I can always abound. And so when you understand and have that right perspective, you don't you won't allow other people to disfavor you. Now, the definition is to dissuade or attempt to dissuade from doing something. The enemy wants you discouraged to keep you from walking in courage towards your purpose. The, the society is built on discouraging us or to encourage ourselves in things that won't help us to endure. Let's keep going for time's sake. Next definition. Discourage is having lost confidence or enthusiasm. Discourage means to deprive of courage or confidence. Did I already go through these? Uh, yeah. Uh, discouragement means the act of discouraging, the state of being discouraged, meaning that you're in the state of discouragement, that right now, some of you all, some people right now are in a current place of discouragement. You have allowed the ideals, the ideologies, the opinions of others to cement, discouragement, discourage has cemented into your life. Now you're in an unmovable state of discouragement. And that's what the enemy wants you to be in a constant place of discouragement that paralyzes you from being productive with the purposes of your current position in life. That's why we can't allow discouraged to be cemented. We can't allow discouragement to be cemented. 
Because if you did have a mindset of discouragement, you will be paralyzed <clears throat> from maximizing. You will be uh, paralyzed from maximizing. And we cannot allow the enemy to do that. We're going to get into how we get over this. We just walk with me as we set some of the groundwork. Discouragement also is something that discourages. Courage. Let's talk about courage now. Courage, by definition, is the ability to do something that frightens someone. Strength in the face of pain or grief. Courage means I have the ability to do something. What increases courage is that I am supported by the divine. What increases courage is that I have skills that are set in my life. I'm skilled. I'm supported and I'm skilled and I'm supplied. That's what caused courage. There's going to be some things that's going to frighten you. You're going to be frightened. Like, do you not think that there was some fright in me when I got married? I've never been married before. There were some things that there was some fear there, some legitimate fear. There's always going to be fear where where you've never been. But just because you feel fear doesn't mean you ride fear. Just because fear rises doesn't mean you ride that fear. So there's going to be, when I have children, there's going to be some fear, some legitimate fears. Like, will I be able? There's going to be a lot of questions swimming in my mind. That's life. We're humans. But I can't allow that fear to reside, nor can do I allow myself to ride that fear. But I, cur- I encourage myself or I find courage Knowing that I am sustained and supported by God, that I've put the work in, I'm skilled. So it's easy to erase fear when you know that you are supported by God and that you're skilled. That's why I tell singles right now, develop the skill sets required for the desired. Develop the skills required for the desired. That's important. Do you have the right skill sets right now to support a marriage? Are you developing the right set of skills that will support children? Are you developing the right skills right now that will support what you desire? To whom much is given, much is required. Their issue is we're asking for more, but we're poor in ability. You can't ask God for much when you don't have the such. Many of us, we come to the table and we try to negotiate with God and be like, God, um, um, I, I think I'm ready for this. And God's like, fam, you can't negotiate against the omniscient one. I know the depths of you. And we got to get, we got to be realistic with ourselves and ask ourselves the honest questions and be brutally honest with us to ensure that we're not living the lies that we tell ourselves. So right now, so many individuals right now are not properly skilled for where they want to be set. If you want to have your marriage set up well and set for life, you want to be set up and set for life, you got to develop the right skill sets. And you you can't develop the right skill sets until you have the right mindset. Do you have the right mindset in your single life? Do you have the right perspectives? Are you are you a realist? Are you able to foresee uh, and, and, and be real with yourself and say, if I want to deal at this level, I got to be real for that level. If you want to have these positions, I got to be positioned. You got to be it before you be it. It ain't no I do as I did. Now I do. I did, so now I do. Before, instead of we just saying I do, we should say I did, which proves that I prepared, and now I do, or I will. Husband and wife, these positions are not just nouns. A husband is not a noun. It's not just a noun. A wife is not just a noun. A parent is not just a noun. An entrepreneur is not just a noun. 
A pastor is not just a noun. We want titles, but we don't want <clears throat> to be reliable. We want titles, but we don't want to be reliable. You can't just be pursuing titles. You got to say, am I reliable? A husband is a verb. A wife is a verb. A parent is a verb. A preacher is a verb. Entrepreneur is a verb. They're more than just nouns. So the issue is we want titles, but we don't develop the skill sets to ensure that we have that title for long. Okay, so as a, a single individual, as a person, are you developing the right skill sets for marriage? Intangible skills like this. Am I long suffering? If you're impatient right now in your single life, you will be impatient in your married life. Am I long suffering? Am I loving? You can't be loving in a marriage. You can't be loving at the next level if you got self-hate in your heart and bitterness and unforgiveness. Do I have joy? Is the joy of the Lord abounding in me? Am I strengthened by the joy? Am I content? Am I kind or am I blind to kindness? Am I also financially skilled? Am I, am I financially literate or illiterate? Am I, am I self-controlled? Do I got a control over my emotions? Felt? Do I got control over that area of my life? Am I walking in love or am I praying in lust? Am I just looking for someone to just be a band-aid to cover up my lust issue? As a woman, am I skilled in the lifting up with my words? Can I lift up my man with my lips? Can I lift him up with my words? Or am I tearing him down? Do you have the skills of long suffering, the skills of kindness, the skills of, of, of financial skills and, and patience and all these different types of skills? And maybe I'll do a video on that. The skills that will ensure that you will. All right. But every single person under the sound of my voice have to ask themselves, am I developing the skills required for what I desire? Let's keep going. So courage by definition. Courage, by definition, pull up my screen, is having the ability to do something that frightens one, strength in the face of pain or grief. That no matter what pain I feel, the pains of singleness, the pains of marriage, the pains, I can stand in the face of it with strength. That's why you got to have the joy of the Lord, because the joy of the Lord gives perspective that God is with me no matter what I'm facing. I don't care what you're facing right now. God is there to help you. And he gives you the courage to face things that frightens you. Some of you all are 35, 37, 40 years old, and you're frightened by the idea of, will I be married in time for me to have children? Some women out there right now are frightened with the idea of that only the only these type of guys pursue me and I haven't found the one. Some men are frightened right now by the idea and the weight that is required to be a man. There are a lot of things that will frighten you. But when you know the courage is in you from the Lord, when you know that God is there, you will find strength, strength in God to face what frightens you, that you would be able to verbally out of your mouth to say that say against the contradictory ideologies and thoughts that are trying to weigh itself on your mind, saying that you're too old. Who can, have you interviewed Sarah? 
Have you talked to Elizabeth? Have you talked to all these people who were barren but blameless? The issue is the reason why many of you all are not where you are. Let me make sure. The reason why some of you are not where you would like to be it has nothing to do about you. It's all about God's timing. The goal is not about uh, uh, whether or not I'm ready. It boils down to, is it ready to be released? The reason why Elizabeth was, 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 uh, was, was rejoicing, John the Baptist's mother, because she was talked about. She was blameless, but barren. Can you be blameless, but barren? If the barrenness is the fruit of God's glory, if the barrenness is, is the prerequisite to God's glory, she was old in age, but the Bible says she was righteous, that she was blameless in and out of the temple serving God. Even in the midst of while she's walking uh, um, to the to the temple, the women over there with their children talk about, there go that barren Elizabeth. Elizabeth, she barren. That, oh, ooh, ooh, what's she going? Because back in the Bible days, you not having children mean that you was cursed. Mean that you wasn't blessed by God because children was the inheritance of the Lord. And if you didn't have children, then something must be wrong with you. And people looking at you right, looking at you right now and saying something's wrong with you. Nothing ain't wrong with you. Everything's right with you. And there's going to become a time where everybody's mouths will be shut up because they're going to have to see what God had for you. So you can't be discouraged because you've been ready. Josh, I've been walking in purity. Josh, I've been, I keep, I'm keeping myself. I've kept myself. Josh, I'm financially stable. I got everything. Yes, Elizabeth had everything too. I'm hoping I'm talking about the right one. Elizabeth had everything as well. But it was all because of God's timing and God's glory. You have to be okay with God inconveniencing you for his glory. Because if there was no John the Baptist, John the Baptist had to come at, a, at the right time in order for Jesus to come on the scene. And certain God things take long times to be birthed. God things just can't be born in a day. You know what I'm saying? And what we have to understand is that we have to just say, God, continue to keep me abounding in hope. Keep me being sustained in staying ready. The issue is you've been told you was wrong and now you adopted that discouraging mindset and been discouraged by it and then you've lost courage and now you giving in or giving up. Now you don't gave up on your period. Now you don't gave up and now you don't gave in to this guy who ain't even a man, who ain't even been built up to be a man. Now you don't gave up. Now you gave in and all because someone told you, well, society says that a woman should be Society says that a man should be, who cares, who, who cares about society? We're pilgrims. I can care less what the world got to say in their statistics. They ain't God. They ain't God. We've made societal opinions God to us. We made statistics God to us. We made all these things the final authority. Go back another level. Go back five steps and you'll find God saying, so? <laughs> God looking at you like, oh, so? <laughs> like, like, when was the last time I bowed down to the world's way of doing things? So, so many people are being discouraged because you've been told you was wrong. But I bet you everybody that talked about Elizabeth when she held John the Baptist, their mouth was shut. Hey, y'all. Hey, John. See, see the manifestation of the Lord? Oh, I bet you they was hating too. When they begin to see how dope John was, well, they go Elizabeth's child again, baptizing while my son Jimmy over here smoking dope. 
Don't worry about who gets it fast. Just worry about lasting. See what I'm saying? So what I'm saying right now is don't be discouraged because of what other people are saying, right? Let's make sure I get the definition. It says, uh, because it's going to be some things that's frightening. Right now, a lot of people are being frightened by what people are saying. <clears throat> that's why you got to always keep your antenna tuned in to God's frequency. You can't listen to two radio stations at once. If you're in between two stations, you feel them mesh together. It causes even more confusion. I'm always tuned in to God. I can care less about what they say about anything. I can care less about what they say about money. I can care less about what they say about inflation. I can care less about what they say about this nation. I don't care about what they say. I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm just a subsidiary citizen. My true citizens in the kingdom of God. I don't care if eggs go up. I don't care if milk go up. I don't care if beef go up. I don't care if chicken go up. I'm not plugged here. God will always bless. So I will not be frightened. That's why the Bible says many's heart, their hearts failed them because of fear. So many of us, our footing is in the wrong places. Therefore, we're going to be caught up in fear. And a lot of people will have heart attacks and die because their foots are anchored in things that can't sustain. So what we have to understand is I got to keep myself fixed into God, focused on God. So I will always be able to face frightening situations with courage. Let's keep going. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. It's, it's, it takes courage to stay single, even though you're frightened by what other people say. It takes courage to say, hey, I know my God is well able. It takes courage to do something even when it frightens you. Or strength in the face of pain or grief. Now, encouraged by definition is to give support, confidence, or hope to someone. Encourage, give support, confidence. Let's keep going. That's self-explanatory. Uh, encouragement. Encouraged by definition is the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. Persuasion to do or to continue something. The act of trying to stimulate the development of an activity, state, or belief. That's my job. My job is to encourage through these videos, letting you know, hey, you're good. You're good, man. It's not as bad as you think. My goal is to persuade you to continue to go forward in purity, to encourage you that I'm, listen, let me tell you something about me. I'm on the opposite side of where a lot of people want to be, right? I'm married, right? So I'm on the opposite side. And I truly believe that my wife and I did it the right way. We're not saying it's the only right way. Well, we did it the right way. And what I mean by that is, is I'm not trying to say idolize or to or to look to us. We look to God. We look to God. Everything, how we can do anything can be in the word of God and can be found in fellowship with the spirit of God, right? So I'm on the opposite side. Yo, it's worth the wait. I'm telling y'all, it's worth just not worrying about the one. It's worth it. Let me tell you, my wife found me. I found her. We found each other in the midst of our purpose. I wasn't even thinking about a woman. And then this girl, this woman comes in. That's how life works. You got to distract yourself with your purpose so that you can find your person. See what I'm saying? But so many people are, are uh, discouraged because they don't have the right people in their ears to encourage them. That's why never give, never receive advice from people who are not even living the advice they're giving you. 
Never take advice from people who have not learned or are implementing the advice they're giving. Don't listen to people. Don't don't listen to people who's never going through what you're going through right now. Don't listen to people who are not who have yet who have not lived through what you are currently living. Because it's a different perspective. You can't listen to people who are arrogant. You can't listen to people who who are discouraged. You got to listen to people that says, oh, I've been through that. There's no better place to go to than going to someone that says, oh, I've been there before. Never get advice from people who've never been there before. And the issue is we are surrounded by getting encouragement from other people. And that's why I got a point here. Don't 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 take encouragement from everybody. Some people are encouraging you to date the wrong person right now. Some people are encouraging you to live a certain kind of way contrary to the word of God. There's people who are encouraging you, giving approval to, making you confident about something that's wrong. You got to surround yourself with people who want to live right, who do things right, who encourage you based upon the word of God. Who's building you, who's leading, guiding your confidence to Christ so that you will be able to find your support. I don't want people to find their support in me. I'm not God. That's why my goal is to point you to fellowship with the Holy Spirit so that you can always be in a sustaining place of encouragement. The action of giving someone support. You can't receive support from everybody. You can't even receive confidence from everybody. You can't receive hope from everybody. You got to learn how to go to the word of God for yourself. You got to learn how to fellowship with the Holy Spirit yourself. You got to do this yourself if you want wealth. Got to do it yourself. You can't trust my walk with God. You can't trust. You, you can be inspired by it, but you can't, you can't have it. <laughs> I developed this on my own. You got to develop your walk with God on your own so you can stay encouraged. Because what if I don't do another video? If you're looking unto me, looking unto someone else for encouragement, don't get me wrong. There's going to be points where I will be encouraging, but there, there's benefit in one encouraging themselves. Let's keep going for time's sake. Or persuasion to do or to continue something. That's why you got to make sure you uh, uh, don't always surround yourself with people and, and, and being persuaded by them because some people are going, to, are going to try to encourage you to do the wrong things or the act of trying to stimulate the development of activity. The enemy's going to send some encouragers too now. The enemy's going to send some people that are going to try to stimulate certain activities. Yeah, y'all should live together. It ain't nothing wrong, man. Fam, bro, you got to test drive that thing, man. You why you can't you, go ahead, man. You ain't, you ain't going to know if she's going to satisfy you sexually until you test drive it. Man, listen, we don't test drive things that are custom made. You heard me say that many times. There's no need to test drive something that's custom made for you. It's being custom made for you, tailored to you. So you don't got to worry about if she's uh, able. The issue is we're trying to be, we're trying to customize a woman, trying to customize a person to meet our dysfunction. We're trying to marry someone that will satisfy or try to complete us versus compliment us. No, you want to marry someone that compliments you, not complete you. The issue is many of us are settling or giving in to relationships or marriages or situations because we we deem this person able to complete us. So I've got this dysfunction and instead of dysfunctioning, instead of uh, um, fixing this dysfunction and instead of me growing in this area, let me just find someone that supports me in that area. And don't get me wrong, there are going to be some things that your wife or your husband are going to be stronger than you at, but they can't be used as completion. You got to be completed in Christ in his level. That's why wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It means preparedness. Wholeness doesn't mean uh, uh, um, perfection. It means that you are healthy enough and mature enough to do this thing. 
that you've been cleared, the ankle has been cleared, the knee has been cleared. Now you can go play the game. You are 100% healthy enough to play this game. You're 100% healthy enough to do this thing, right? But the issue is we're looking to be completed, not complimented. Listen, it takes a whole shirt and a whole pair of pants to, to, uh, uh, to, to complement each other. A tie is not a part of the shirt. The tie complements the shirt. The 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 uh, the pearls, they they're not a part of the blouse. They complement the blouse. They don't complete the blouse. They complement the blouse. The tie complements the suit. The shoes, the socks, they complement the outfit. They work with, not to complete it. They together they complete it, but at the same time they're holding of themselves. So the issue is many of us are looking to be completed. That's why we're depleted of the energy we need to make sure that we're developed enough to actually say, I am healthy enough to be your husband. I am healthy enough to be your wife. I'm not going to bring a child in this world until I'm healthy enough to parent. I'm not going to bring anything into my life until I am healthy and mature enough with the right perspectives to steward and to manage it. I want to always compliment my wife. My wife was not built to complete me. Jesus is the only one that can complete me. What are the holes in your life that you have yet to allow the Holy Spirit to patch up, to smoothen out, to refurbish, to make new again? So that when you do begin a thing, you're healthy for that thing, right? Let's keep going. Persuasion to do or to continue something, the act of trying to stimulate the development of an activity state of being. Now, a couple of points real quickly. Don't waste your courage. Use your courage wisely. Some of us are building courage to do things that God never intended us to do. Another point real quickly. Don't receive all encouragement. That was the point I was talking about. Don't receive everybody's encouragement because not everybody's encouraging is in line with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, what causes discouragement? Real quickly, what causes discouragement? Ten things that causes us to be discouraged. Number one, disappointment. One of the one of the one of the entry ways to cause discouragement is to be disappointed. That means something kept us from being close to an appointment we desire. Disappointed. Disappointment. That I'm distanced from a desired appointment. There was a certain appointment that I wanted to have. I wanted to have an appointment uh, to go to the store. I wanted to be, have an appointment to be able to be here at, in this stage of my life. I had an appointment to be at this place, but somebody didn't meet their end of the deal. So I was distant from that appointment. I was kept from that appointment. I was kept from that opportunity. So I'm disappointed now because I was kept away from something that I desired. So disappointment means someone on their end of the on their end of the deal or in me didn't fulfill what was required of them. Therefore, I wasn't able to have an appointment that I desired. I wasn't able to go where I wanted to go at the particular time. I wasn't able to do what I want to do at a particular time. And so many people are disappointed right now because they're not married by now. Some people right now are disappointed because they're not married right now. And that's understood. But you got to ask yourself, what am I doing that's distancing me from that appointment? If you want to have an appointment at the altar, if you want to have an appointment as a position, as a husband and wife, you got to ask, what am I doing inside of me that's distancing me from that particular appointment? You got to take self-inventory. You got to self-assess. Because many of us are where we are today, not because of God, not because of the divine, not because of the demonic, but because of our lack of discipline. 
Some of us, we blame the devil for everything and it wasn't even the devil, it's our lack of discipline that's causing disappointment. So what kind of appointments do you wanna have in life? Write down a sheet of paper when you have time, all of the appointments you would like to have. I I I wanna make it a point for me to have this appointment in my life. Then you gotta look at your life and say, what am I doing right now that's distancing me from that appointment? What what is distracting me? What decisions am I making right now is this distancing me from having that being a, a recurring appointment in my life? And you just can't just assess to get. You got to assess, and do I have the ability to keep? Because a lot of a lot of people are good looking. They're good looking enough to get someone. They got good money to get someone. They got a good body to get someone. They got what it takes to get a good thing or to get a thing, but they don't got what it takes to keep a thing. See, many people they know what it did, what to do to acquire, but they don't have what it takes to to uh, to to keep it. So you got what it takes to acquire it, but the, there's toxic things in you that cause you to expire it. You got what it takes to obtain, but you don't got what it takes to sustain. So we got to say, if we want these particular appointments in our lives, we got to take a look in our lives. Says what in me could be from the omniscient one's point of view, keep could be keeping me from having, because God is not going to give you something. You know, he got holes in it. Why would God pour new wine into old wine skin? See, old wine skin was made out of goat skin, and 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 uh, that's how they made their containers was through wine skin. And the reason why the word of God says don't pour new wine into old wine skin because the old wine skin has already been fermented to its capacity, it has already been stretched to its capacity. And if you pour new wine, when that new wine gets in there and it begins to ferment and it begins to stretch, it breaks the wine skin and you begin to waste good wine. So the same thing happens with us. Why would God pour something new in us if we are already hard hearted, when we already been stretched to our capacity or we have been stagnant? Because everything that God does multiplies. There's nothing that God has created that doesn't continue to create. That doesn't continue to stretch. Marriage will all marriage. Marriage ferments. Kids ferment. Business ferments. Ministry ferments. So we're asking God to pour these things in our lives and we're not built to the capacity for it. Do you have the, the capacity to be stretched when marriage comes and is poured into you and it ferments? And when children come in your life and they ferment and when opportunities come in your life and they ferment and they stretch you. So many of us, we're asking for this when we're this. We're asking God to, we want this big of a thing, but we're this small of a thing. So God is not going to pour anything new in your life until you allow yourself to be teachable, until you allow yourself to be stretchable, until you allow yourself to be pliable. And you got to be honest with yourself that there are certain things that God just doesn't, does, just doesn't have in the cards for you to have. We're not talking about marriage or children, but what if God says, Josh, it's just not meant for you to be a millionaire? I have to be okay with that because God said you only have this capacity. Or this is the only capacity I want you to be at right now. So I can't be disappointed or discouraged because I don't have something right now. God is stretching me. So the thing is, if if you want what's next, let God stretch. So that when things are poured into you and it ferments and and it expands, you can expand with it. Are you expandable to the level of of what you're desiring? So disappointment, what causes discouragement? People distancing themselves from particular appointments they want to have in life because they're not doing a deep dive in assessing who they really are. What causes discouragement? Weariness and fatigue. 
That's what we talked about. Be not, don't grow weary in well doing. Some people are discouraged because they're just tired. And I, I understand. It's tough, man, when you're tired. Uh, it's easy. It's, 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 it, it, uh, discouragement settles or tries to settle when we're tired. We're like, man, I've been single for this long. We get weary in doing good. But God says, man, keep doing good for because when you continue to meet these dudes, you're developing the strength for your due season. Like I said previously, we want a due season, but we're not doing the dues of this season. You got to pay the dues if you want to do. In order to do the do, you got to pay the dues. Whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is that you want to have, there's certain payments you got to make right now. There's certain payments I got to make right now to make sure that my kids don't have to pay for something I'm supposed to pay for. That's why in my single there was some dues I had to pay so that my wife won't have to pay in marriage due to my negligence, due to my immaturity, due to my insecurities. That she don't have to pay for what I should have paid for. And the reason why I'm able to make these payments is because Christ paid the ultimate payment. Now I am able to do what I wasn't able to do to make sure I develop the right skills and the disciplines to ensure that even in weariness, I'm supported. That even when I feel fatigued, I know that, that I've prepared for this. There's a lot of NBA players right now who are fatigued, who are tired. But right now they're relying on their skill. The one who did the ones who ultimately did their best in their offseason sets themselves up to do well in the postseason. Right. So what we're saying is, is that when you're single and when you're whatever, whatever season you're in and you develop the right skills and you develop your strength and you preparing for the duration. See, you got to prepare for what it is that you want to have in accordance to it. The issue is we don't do a thorough investigation of where we want to be, of where we want to be in life. Have you really talked to someone who's been married for 50 years? Or have you been talking to people who just got married? You can't get advice from marriage about marriage from someone that just got married yesterday. The only advice I can give you about marriage is what I've learned thus far. That's the only advice I can give. I'm not going to act in arrogance and trying to advise you on marriage like I've had been married for 50 years. I have, we haven't gone through enough to prove. You see what I'm saying? But I can tell you what I've learned thus far. But you got, in order for you to be able to prepare in accordance, you got to go to the person who's already a resident and who has proven success in that area and then glean and learn from them, right? So that you'll know what comes with it. That's what we do. That's what we must be done so that when we do get weary, we know keep doing good, keep doing good, keep doing good, keep doing good, keep staying faithful like Elizabeth, keep going to that temple, keep keep doing what you're doing. Because right now, you right now you're blameless and people talking about how you're barren, people talking about how your marriage ain't ain't where at this level yet. People talking about that you that you've been single the ways your man ain't Father's Day coming, your dad gonna talk to you about why you don't got nobody. Fourth of July coming, going to the cookout, everybody gonna be talking about where's your boo you ain't bring. Who cares? You don't got to tell people why you don't got to explain that to nobody. God don't God, God is God don't have to explain himself to no one. God don't have to explain himself. Neither should you. I'm tr- I'm enjoying my singleness. That's what you said to cook out. I'm enjoying my singleness. I am exactly where God wants me right now. I'm working on myself. You ain't got to say nothing. Get your plate. Eat your food. Just tell them mind their business. But when you interview people who who have proven success in an area, they'll give you all the information you need about that area. And you're like, oh, okay. 
Okay. So now I know what to take home and work on versus uh, talking to people who are fresh in a thing, right? So some people are, are discouraged because of weariness. They're discouraged because they're fatigued, but keep doing good and know that the joy of the Lord will strengthen you for in due season. When that due season come and you done did the dues, because there's always going to be, you're going to be tired with discipline. Because discipline is doing something all the time, even without the results of, of the desired results being there. But I got to say discipline because I know this will benefit eventually. Let's keep going. What also causes discouragement? Clutter and frustration. I'm discouraged because just things are just all over the place. Oh, man, everything's all over the place, man. Just clutter. Organize your life to eliminate some of that discouragement. Organize your life. Because some of us, the reason why we are is because we got cluttered. We're discouraged because everything's all over the place. We're out of order. So we're discouraged. Get your life in order and, and, and courage will be there. Number four, what caused discouragement? People and their accomplishments and or their opinions. Many people right now under the sound of my voice, they are discouraged because of what other people have accomplished or their opinions. Who cares? One thing I live in my life is I've lived long enough. I've counseled people long enough. I've been behind the scenes long enough. They realize and I've been on a, I've been a fly on a wall long enough to know that not everybody's life is as dope as they post. I've realized that. I don't compare myself to nobody because I don't even know if God's even doing that for them. You don't even know what they're compromising to do to get what they have. You don't even know who they settle for. Yes, her husband's handsome. Yes, her husband, her white, her wedding was beautiful. Yes, she looked amazing, but you're not a fly on their wall in their house. You don't know what he does to her every day. You don't know what she does to him every day. You don't know. Who cares about their accomplishments? Who cares how successful their ministry is? We don't listen. I prove a person not by their, their climax or their height. I prove it in, in the next 10 or 15 years. Are they still a man of integrity? Are they still a woman of integrity? Are they, do they still are they still married? I sit back and I don't even sit back and watch. I will see when it's time for me to see. That's why I don't get so caught up in people's initial success. I examine can they sustain success? How do they communicate the success? How do they articulate success? How do they post their success? Because real people ain't out there showing the reels of their life. They're not showing you the reels all the time. Real people over there making new reels. Real people out there working. They ain't worrying about showing you their whole life. So many of us people are discouraged because of other people's accomplishments, but you're not clearly abreast to how they even accomplish those things. Even if they got it from God, we still celebrate them. Because when is your turn and when it comes at the proper timing, you're going to be thankful. I'm glad I didn't get married at 25. I didn't watch all the modules yet. <laughs> I didn't go through all the training modules yet. I got married when it was predestined for me to get married. Not a day sooner, not a day earlier. I believe that wholeheartedly. God picked a particular date for a particular reason. And I know it like I, because of, because of the things that surrounded it. That's why I stay encouraged because I know if I keep God in the center, everything else will find themselves where they need to be. So some people, they find this, they, they're discouraged because of people's accomplishments and people's opinions. They're disfavoring you, making you feel bad. Tossing their uh, uh, accomplishments around and tossing their opinions. Some of y'all discouraged because what your mama been saying. 
Where my grandbabies? I want my grandbaby. I don't care how much my mama and them say they want grandbaby. They're going to come when they come. Are y'all going to be the ones? You know, nah, my, my, our moms are doing a great job. We're just saying, I, I'm not going to allow people's pressure or opinions to make me go faster, to make me get out of step with God. People are going to have opinions about your life. They're going to be like, how old are you? Oh, why you don't have no man right now? Who cares? Why you can't sustain a man? Why can't you keep a man? I wish I could be as petty as people are petty to me because I'm petty as I could be petty. I, oh, I, my clapbacks be want to clap quicker than my lips can hold it back. But I've learned to just say, man, it's all good. People be saying, man, why you don't got a church by now? Why, why your ministry this right now? People talk, people, I heard whispers of people talking about unplugged, uh, his local ministry fell apart. Fam, I pivoted. <laughs> all of y'all paying all this money for a building when I got free YouTube streams? <laughs> y'all go ahead and pay that money every week. Pay that money to sustain an image, to grow an audience. Man, fam. So what I'm saying is, no matter what a person's opinions is about money, marriage, whatever it is, you stay encouraged. Don't let people's opinions about whether or not you have a man right now, whether you marry right now, make you feel depressed and discouraged and then make you want to settle so that you can make people happy. So you're going to get a man so you can bring someone to your mama so your mama can be happy and shut up and leave you alone. No. Shut her up with the will of God. Let her keep talking. Mama, daddy, friends, let them keep talking. And some people just got to say, you know what? I'm going to shut you up with my absence. That's right. I look at how God's girl says, I look at how he treats, respect, fears, and loves first God and how he treats and respects his family. That's right. That takes time to see because everybody puts their best foot forward. Everybody show you your best. Everybody show will show you their best in the beginning. That's why discernment is important. You need immediate... <laughs> You need immediate results. And the only one that can give you immediate results is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is quick with the results. I, 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 ain't the one. But, but, look, I, I know everything. But he's look good. He smelled good. She's amazing. God, I'll never meet someone this thick again. God, like that, fam. I make the cattle. On the, <laughs> I got cattle on a thousand hills. I got thickness all over the place. I got six foot three guys all over the place. I got six foot, I got five eights everywhere. I got which, how are you going to tell me you're the only prophet? You're the only single person out here. The only person, listen, I got I got 5,000 six foot six guys ain't bowed down the bell. I got 4,000 women that are, that are, that are thick. I got plenty of them. People think the world, social media makes us believe the world is so small. The world is not small. It's a big world. There's 7 billion people. Just because the people around you are dysfunctional doesn't mean that God don't got people all over the place. I'm telling you, you get what you want. Order what you want. God, God ain't out there and be like, eh, I don't got enough. God, you know what? God is not obligated to meet everybody's need. God loves me to the needs that people that trust him. So I'm not going to give no really unrealistic expectation that God's just going to give you what you want. I'm just going to say this. You, if you're in the will of God, you'll get what's the will of God. When you do good things come to those who do things right. Cool. Yes, we're in the imputed righteousness of Jesus is on us. Yeah, we in right standing with God. But you can be in right standing with God and still got poor habits. And just because you're in right standing with God don't mean God has the right to give you anything. When you do things right, the right things come your way. If you keep your pants on, if you keep your legs closed, people who are also peering got their legs closed will find you. If you do things the right way, things always turn out right for those who do things right.
We just can't trust and relax and become lazy because of the righteousness that was imputed to us by Jesus, which is great. It's amazing. But we got to allow that righteousness to inspire righteous deeds, righteous actions, righteous disciplines that will prove to God or reveal to God and ourselves that we're ready. What caused discouragement? Fear. Just afraid. Another thing, failures. Well, I'm God. Why would God even bless me? Um, I'm not even worthy. That goes back to the righteousness of Jesus. I've been made worthy because of him. I don't care what mistakes. And I made many mistakes before I met my wife. It still didn't keep me from marrying her. That doesn't mean I make mistakes now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, is that uh, don't allow people to critique you or judge you based upon what's up under the blood right now. Like It doesn't matter what you did or how you failed. Uh, there's lessons in failure. And when you understand that, you won't allow uh, 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 discouragement to set in because you failed. I have amnesia, fam. I have amnesia. The best quarterbacks succeed because they forget the last interception. I can continue to throw the bad pass confidently because, hey, mistakes happen. So when you already have that in your mind, mistakes happen. We're not talking about major mistakes, but we're talking about winning. You know that things happen. You can confidently throw the pass next time because, you know, you're skilled for it. But I have amnesia. It don't matter what I did yesterday that wasn't right. I know I'm in right standing, but I'm not going to stay residing in those mistakes. I'm allowed the Holy Spirit renew my mind so I can think better and live better beyond that mistake and learn from it and grow from it. But don't allow failures to make you discouraged. You got to understand, learn from the failures. Circumstances. What caused discouraged circumstances? What's surrounding you? Circumstances. Discouraged people. Uh, it, the, the environment is just, just discouraging. Some ladies right now are discouraged by the, 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 the plight or the environment of the type of men that's within their environment. Some men are discouraged because of the type of the women they face. It don't matter. Don't even worry about who's in your proximity because God can bring somebody all the way from Australia for you. How do you not know your man ain't in Australia or Sweden or even in the next county over? We live in these little small bubbles and we think that these are the only people that God has for us to befriend us, to be uh, our wives or husbands or whatever. And God's like, man, your husband's a county over. Me and my wife, I went to Cramington Christian Academy when I was in middle school. And who knows? My wife was from Gastonia. How do we not know? How do I not? I just know she lived in Gaston. I know I went to school in Cramington. I know that we probably crossed paths at the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we crossed paths at certain stores. She also, when I was when I went to church, the church that I'm at right now, I've been there since I was 11 or 12 years old. And she used to come visit that church often because her, her aunts sung there and went there. So she was, she was at all the youth stuff, all the same youth stuff that I was at, she was at too. So we was, and I'm over here thinking, discouraged. My words, my wife, my wife was a county over. <laughs> A neighborhood over. God, 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 delivery it won't end up on the wrong doorstep. I promise you. That's why you, you can't, you don't even got to worry about the individual. You only got to think about, am I in the right pool? People online dating, people doing a different thing. Like, man, just swim in your own pool. Don't worry about the pool of people over here because God can pull your person right within your proximity without you even knowing. The reason why God don't tell you everything, tell, tell you everything because we are dysfunctional. <laughs> If God told me everything, we'll be there too early, we'll get there too late, and we'll sabotage it. 
God don't tell us all that. He just says, keep trusting in me. And next thing you know, the same woman that walked to my Bible study with her, uh, or her, uh, um, uh, under, uh, with the little uh, A shirt on and a flowy uh, 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 dress on with the two uh, uh, pigtails. The same one that came in while I was preaching in my purpose is the same one I'm married to to this day. So what I'm saying is don't be discouraged because of your circumstances or who, who or what is surrounding you. Stay encouraged. False expectations. We're discouraged because we're finally we're uh, we're eating from the plate of our own false expectations. We're discouraged because we thought this would have turned out this way. We thought that if I would have did X, Y, and Z, God was has no. You can't make God do anything. You can't have false uh, uh, expectation of God and then get mad at God when He doesn't come through, and you ain't even you ain't even take time to understand Him and get to know Him. Some people right now are mad at God. I'm gonna show you God. You you taking too long, God. I'm going to find me, man. And God's going to be like, all right, then do your thing, boo. Do what you do, boo. That's my advice sometimes. When I be when I give a couple pearls to people and they still want to do what they want, you know what I say? Do what you do. Do do you, boo. <laughs> do you, fam. With fellas, like, with girls, like, do you, boo. With, with brothers, dudes, I'd be like, man, go do you, man. Do you. Hey, man, shoot. Go for it. <laughs> anyway, misunderstandings. What caused discouragement, misunderstanding? You just didn't, you wasn't developed enough to understand God, yourself, and others, and yourself. We discouraged, we discouraged because of ourselves. Let's keep going for time. Saying I'm going long. Now, points from David. Let me uh read this text real quick. Let me let me bring this text up real quick. Um, this text is very profound. What can we learn from David, real quickly? Then we're gonna get to some points, and I'm gonna get out your way. Uh, let's pull up this right here about David. <clears throat> now, David right now his wives then got captured. Let's read. Now, when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, the Amalekites and uh, had made a raid against Nagag and against Ziglag. They had overcome Ziglag and burned it with fire. Man, that's that's bad. And taking captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. Man, took the man's kids and his woman and burnt up the Ziglag. Right? And burnt up Ziglag. That's messed up. They killed no one. It, do it doesn't matter what the devil has taken from you. He can't destroy it. What God has for you, even if it was taken by taken by the devil, they can't kill it. They can't destroy it because it's God's. Woo, that's powerful. I'm not the priest this somewhere. So Lord, give me this word somewhere. And when David and his men came to the city, they killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. <clears throat> and when David and his men came to the city, they found it burnt with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Imagine David, this mighty man. Hey, we killed them. We killed them boys. We got them boys. Hey, they coming into the city, ready to get to their women, man. Come on, man. You came from a long day's work. Now you ready to come see your women, make some more kids. So David was coming into the city. He was like, and he had all these dudes, about a thousand of them got us back. Like, David, man, man, I'm glad we got you, bro. Not Saul, man. David, man, when you did your thing out there, David, David dropped 70 last night. Hey, David, David did some Durant numbers yesterday, 49 point the other day. D David had 49, 17, and 10. Everybody, dang, David had a triple dub yesterday. David came into the city. What's that smell? Oh, they cooking. They cooking. They, they smell smoke. Oh, oh, the ladies know we coming home. They cooking for us. Came back. Came to the city. 
City was burnt up. Tyrone was like, Keisha, where Keisha? Oh man, they done took Keisha and, and, and Junior and little Junebug. And then Bobby was like, hey, Margaret. Oh man, they done took Margaret. And David was like, hold on, I know they ain't take my women though. David went and found out, man, they done snatch my wife and kids too. They had overcome it like and burnt it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. So that means the poor soldiers and the and the wealthy soldiers lost it all. And when David and his men came to, they found it burnt with fire and their wives. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you got a word. And their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Imagine the legacy gone, the fear that crept up on them. My legacy, my women, now I'm stuck with these musty men. I was trying to be in, in, in the bosom of my wife, and now I got to be all, man, right? And when David and his men came to the city and they found it burnt with fire and their wives, son, and daughters captive, then David and the people who were with them raised their voices. Imagine the agony. Imagine the pain. Raised their voices and wept. You know Tyrone was hurt when Keisha, he done fought all these men and he knew he was like, man, I'm about to get some pound cake. I'm about to get some wings. Me and Keisha was going to watch some movies tonight. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. Imagine that anguish. You done fought a war. You done fought and you're tired and your house is burnt, fam. Imagine the pain that comes with knowing this was a barbaric culture, fam. This was barbaric. They didn't know that their wives and children were still kept. They came to the city and was like, yo, they done took Keisha. They done took Margaret. They done took David's women and children. They literally wept because it was like, I don't have no ah, you know how men are, ah, 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 can't connect the dots because I don't know, are they dead? Are they alive? Are they okay? Is someone touching my wife? Is someone, you know? We haven't even lived to this point, have we? Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength. I mean, weeping until they had no strength. David's two wives. They done took two of his wives. David was like, y'all got one. I got two. No, I'm David's two wives also had been taken captive. Y'all, uh, Anohim of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of, a widow of Nabal of Kem. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of st the same ones that was talking about how he dropped 47, 17, and 10 are the ones that are trying to get them off the team, get them off the team. And David was greatly, because he's responsible. David's like, yo, I'm the king. I'm responsible. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each of his sons and daughters. But David, the one that was the plan of harp, that boy David, the boy David that had the stones and killed the, the, the Goliath, the same David that grabbed the beer bottle John said, Fum, I'll kill you, touch my sheep. That David. David that had issues and had falls, fails and failures and faults. What did David do? But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. 
I'm going to see strengthen himself in the Lord, meaning the Lord, the Lord. That means I don't know where my wife is. I don't know where Keisha is, Tyrone. I don't know, fam. Put the stone down. Put the Glock down, man. I, I, I don't know when they took Keisha, Tyrone. Tyrone, put the gun down. Tyrone, was I not there for you? Did I not set that screen for you? Did I hit that game winner, Tyrone? Remember, this your boy, David. Right? But he struck himself in the Lord. Lord meaning, don't look over this word. Lord means... I know my Lord is responsible for me, but I'm not going to get discouraged because I know God is responsible for me and I know that he's my God. And verse seven, and David said to Abathar, the priest, the son of uh, uh, Himelech, bring me the ephod, fam. You got to make sure that you have a relationship with God that strengthens you where you in a face where everything is all hell breaking loose. David went to the priest and said, hey, yo, A.B., A.B., bring me the ephod. So A.B. brought the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? That's what I'm talking about. You going to come take my women and children? But what he didn't go, he didn't move in passion. He entered in praise. I'm, ooh, I'm, going, I'm going ahead of myself. He, he didn't get compelled by passion. He went to go praise and pray. Shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? That's that, that's the talk. We need to be talking. And he answered him and said, pursue for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out and the 600 men who were with him and they came to the brook of Bessor where those who were left behind stayed. But David pursued. He and 400 men, he said, yo fam, if you ain't about this life, y'all stay here. 200 stayed behind who were too exhausted to cross the brook best. And the rest is the rest of the story, right? And they came and they got there. Uh, and when he had taken him down, behold, they were spread abroad over all the land, eating and drinking. And David recovered all that the Amalek had taken. That's on sight, fam. And rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing. <laughs> Nothing was missing whether small or great son or daughter spoiled anything that had been taken david brought back all david captured all the flocks and the herds and the people drove the livestock before him and said this is david's spoil we gotta encourage ourselves fam you gonna come on my block come into my house devil and you gonna take this i'm coming for that tail fam now, let me pull up the rest of these points. Oh, I want to preach that some more, but I got some things I got to do. Oh, wrong one. Now, points from David. Number one, <clears throat> you got to strengthen yourself in the Lordship of Jesus. When you're facing something that's frightening you, when you're facing something that's got you afraid, when you're facing something and you don't even know everything, <clears throat> you got to strengthen yourself in the lordship of Jesus, meaning he is Lord over me. He is master over me. He is responsible for me. And I will strengthen myself in that. But it's hard to strengthen yourself when it's pain time. If you have to strengthen yourself in when it's pleasurable. Relation with God is not just I reach out to him when things are bad. I reach out to him when things are good. Every soldier keeps shooting. Every ball player shoots. 
to keep their rhythm up, to keep themselves up, because they know if I don't keep my rhythm, what I've, what I've, what I, uh, what I use, I will lose. I will become rusted. So every person, no matter what, knows I got to keep going to the shooting range. I got to keep going to the gym. I got to keep spending time with God. I got to keep fellowship with God, no matter if we're champions right now. It doesn't matter if you won a championship last year. You can't still uh, 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 celebrate the successes of yesterday. You got to get back in the gym right now. But if you don't have no relationship with God, if you're not invested in it right now, discouragement will hit you in the face. And then you will fall into the bitterness of your soul and you won't you won't have anything. So we have to walk with God daily because we don't know when that evil day will come. Because when that evil day comes, we will be proven able to stand. Before he even acquired the Lord, he stripped himself in recollecting, uh, not recollecting, uh, uh, thinking about how God was uh, uh, with him. With the bear, with the lion, with the Goliath, with Saul. So in order to, what we can learn from David is that we got to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. That God is Lord of me. He's responsible no matter what I see right now. He knows everything. Number two, we got to reach for and remember your righteousness in Jesus and access to God. The ephod was a breastplate. The ephod was a breastplate. It was where, because back then they had to wear that and to go inquire to God because it it was, it, it, that right breastplate represented righteousness. So he told the high priest, A.B., A.B. was the priest. A.B. was the one that was able to go in and do all that kind of stuff. So he was like, yo, A.B., I need your ephod. Give me that ephod because I got to go talk to God. Right? But the good thing is we don't got to reach to a high priest who's made in flesh on this earth. We got a high priest who, who is seated. So because the imputed righteousness, the imputed ephod is upon me right now, all I got to do is remember who I am. I got to remember who I'm in covenant with. I got the ephod on me. I got the proof that I can have access to God anytime. I got the ephod on me. I got the stones that represent purity and righteousness on me right now because it was placed on me by Jesus. I don't got to go ask my pastor for the E5. Uh, e I don't got to ask this preacher for my E5. I don't got to add, I got the E5 on me right now. So David asked AB, hey, yo, bring me the E5. I got to go talk to God. I want to come in right with God. I want to come in right. But because we're already in right standing with God and we know that we are a son and daughter of God, I can go inquire of the Lord. So David reached for, and we remember his righteousness in Jesus and access to God. So what we can remember, what we can get from this is that I'm in right standing with God that guards my heart, that keeps my heart from, from all fear. When I know whose I am, it don't matter what I'm facing. Because God already faced it before my face was even formed in my mother's womb. God faced this for me. Do you not know all the stuff that was done was already done? That's right. We come boldly to the throne of grace. We come boldly. Bless God. We come boldly. We come boldly. I don't, I'm not going to sit there and be like, woe is me. No, I know who I am to God. I know who he is to me. So it don't matter what has been taken from me. All right. You can't touch it, old devil. Number three, I inquire the Lord and, uh, on what to do. When you discourage, go boldly to the throne of grace, like our sister said, and then inquire. Should, fam, God, I'm only going to go in your strength. So I'm going to wait. to. I know I'm discouraged right now. I know, but I strengthened myself already. <clears throat> I reminded myself of my right standing in you. I remember, I know it now. My soul knows it very well. But right now, God, I want to go break some necks. 
right now, God, I want to, I want to, that's what I'm, that's what I want to do. But God, I know in my own strength, I don't want to lose no more men. In my own strength, I may lose. But if I go in your strength, that's why you got to inquire the Lord when you discourage. You got to inquire the Lord. Is this the right time for me to date this person? Is this the right time to be here? Is it the right time to be there? The reason why our ways are not made straight, because we rarely acknowledge God. We want what we want so bad. We do what we want to do. And we don't even inquire the Lord. Number three, you got to inquire the Lord on what to do. And number four, wait for the answer and rest in the fact that he heard you. David said, let me pull up right here. David said, <clears throat> uh, shall it is verse eight. And David inquired the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He didn't say, shall we try to overtake them? No, he says, no, shall I? Because I know I'm strengthened now. I don't build myself. I'm strong now. So it's on you, God. What? We, we bout this. What are we going to do? Shall I overtake them? He answered them. That means he waited for the answer. The issue is we go to God, we inquire over God, and we walk away. No, no. God said, uh, he answered him, pursue. For you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. That brings peace. <laughs> Not only am I going to get these, what was taken from me, but, but it won't be touched. So David set out and the 600 men, et cetera, et cetera. But wait for the answer and rest in the fact that he heard you. Number five, only pursue what he wants you to pursue. That's why I say you can't just be encouraged by everything. Right? That's that's right. That's right. It's better to wait for God than live with regrets. I'm telling you, one of the biggest lessons, better to wait on God. God, shall I pursue? Because I, I, I got too much to lose just to be pursuing willy-nilly. Shall I pursue? Wait for the answer and rest in the fact that he heard you. Number five, only pursue what he wants you to pursue. That's how they sustain your encouragement because you're going to continue to get better and continue to see the favor of God on you in that life. Number six, pursue in a strong community. Pursue it with, with a strong community. Meaning 200 men had, was it 200, 200,000? 200 men had to sit by, man, y'all too tired. I can't, I can't pursue with tiredness. I got to pursue with strength. So, but when David, oh, let me make sure. When David went, he got everything back. Nothing was touched. <clears throat> the devil wants to take things and make you feel like that is completely demolished. But God's like, man, the devil can't touch what's yours. He may, he could take what's yours, but he can't touch what's yours. I know logically he, he, you have to touch to take, but what I mean touch deeply, like pervert it, right? Now, more practical ways on how we can in, in, uh, overcome discouragement and encourage ourselves. Number one, you got to recognize you're discouraged. You, you got to recognize, oh, yep, I'm entertaining discouraging thoughts. I'm entertaining discouragement. You got to catch it. Oh, ca caught it captive. Take every thought captive. You got to recognize you're discouraged. You just can't be like going with the flow of the emotions. You can't go with the flow of the emotions. You got to recognize I'm discouraged. Number two, you got to recognize and reestablish where your courage comes from, should come from, and balance out control. Now, what does that mean? You got to recognize that my courage can't come from other people. I could be encouraged by them, but my ultimate courage can't come from them. I got to recognize and reestablish that my courage and my strength comes from God. And I have to balance out control. What that means is I got to realize that I can't, most people, we set ourselves up to be discouraged because we're doing stuff that we're not supposed to. 
We keep finding ourselves discouraged because we're doing what only God can do. So you're discouraged, but you're out there getting trying to trying to make yourself available for a man, trying to make yourself available for women. Now you're discouraged because all relationships keep failing. No, you did what God was supposed to be doing. You got to balance and control, meaning you got to say, you know what? I'm going to leave that marriage stuff to God. I'm going to leave the one to God. I'm going to leave that promotion to God. I'm going to leave that, that financial uh, whatever to God. And I'm going to do what I am capable of doing to prepare myself for when that due season comes. So basically, we discourage ourselves when we keep doing what only God can do. So now you don't made yourself available. You don't went out there, start dating all these people. And then all of a sudden you get discouraged because you keep meeting all these ones that ain't the wrong one. Aren't you getting tired of going out and wasting time, wasting money, wasting energy to find out that he just wants your pants off, that she just wants your wallet open. And now you're discouraged that y'all not equally yoked, but you could have used that time to work on yourself in the meantime. So when it is the proper time, you will have Islam. Number three, you got to vent your discouragement to a vault. Vaults are individuals who um, who can hold what you vent. And if you don't have nobody right now, vent to God. I vent to God all the time. I vent my discouragement. I vent whatever I'm feeling. But the issue is we're venting to vultures instead of to vaults. Vulture surrounds dead things to eat from it and then to gossip about it. That's what vultures do. You got to vent to vaults, people that can that will, are long suffering with you. And if you don't have those people, go. I go on long drives with God. I go on long drives. When I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad moment. I get in the car and I go for a long drive and I roll the windows up and I just vent. I go down these old country roads where I can roll my windows down and talk and vent and get it all out of my system. Because anything without ventilation becomes stuffy and humid. You need ventilation so clear so old air can go out and good and new air and fresh air can come in. Now, yeah, put things into perspective. How not to be discouraged? Put things in perspective. Put things in perspective means that's right. I'm not ready for this. That makes sense. So why set myself to be discouraged when I have the right perspectives of I'm just not ready for this right now. I got to get better. Or putting things in perspective. This is just not God's timing for me. Next point, listen to and or recite your testimony. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. The best way to get yourself climbing and encourage yourself and get out of discouragement is to listen to other people's testimony. That's tailored to your current situation. Oh, wow. If God can bring them through, he can bring me through. Or recite your own testimony and be like, you know what? God did bring me through that. So I find strength and courage in going forward because I know the same God that brought me through the bear and through the lion can definitely be, have me beat this uncircumcised Philistine. Next point. Because I'm going long today. And I still got things to do today. <laughs> uh, practice encouraging yourself and others. How to get over encouragement, uh, discouragement and be more encouraging yourself. Practice encouraging others. Find someone to encourage. Build that encourage enthusiasm momentum. And encourage yourself. Practice encourage yourself. No, you can do this. Or develop the skills that you can to do it to keep you, to keep you confident. I'm confident on the court when I know I'm nice. Like I know I'm confident. When I was playing ball last Sunday, I got picked up. I didn't get picked up the first game, but I knew I'm going to cook these dudes for not picking me up. I'm going to pay for it. They're going to pay for it. And I got buckets because I know I, I know my skills. I know my skill sets. I'm not worried about my marriage because I know I got skills and I got, I'm relying on the Holy Spirit's help. Next point, you got to get healthy. It's hard to be encouraged when you're sickly. You got you to get healthy, holistically healthy, mind, body, and spirit. Next point, surround yourself with supports and supporters. Surround yourself with supports. 
systems that will sustain a level of skill or success that will keep you encouraged and supporters, people that will help you. Last but not least, cre- or not last but not least, but create new thought patterns and change your outlook. You got to take take control of your mind. No, we're not going to think on these things. Next point. Oh, that's it. You can get my book right now, available on Amazon. <laughs> uh, Purpose Signal. This is what sparked this course. I hope y'all got something from this. Hope y'all learned from this. Comment below. Let me know below what y'all learned from. I got to go to get ready for another thing I got to do. So you can go to my website right now for cards, books, all that kind of stuff like this book here, The Purpose of Singleness, the book that uh, inspired this course. Also, for those in dating relationship, you want to know, discern more deeply. This dating prep is a good workbook for couples to work through together and see if they're on the same word, on the same sentence, on the same page. Also, if you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, you get this book called The Purpose of Freedom. All these resources plus card games and ways for you to support what I do and partner with me is all on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Links are in the description box below. Um, go IamUnplugged.com. Uh, my latest book, Counterfeit a Counterpart, How to Continue to Turn the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. That book's available on my website there. Uh, what else? The Azzy Life. My wife going to be vlogging some more, so make sure you subscribe to The Azzy Life. Uh, if you want one-on-one coaching, go to my website right now, IamUnplugged.com. I would love to uh, see how I could coach you these next seven weeks before I go back to work. So if you want one-on-one coach with me, go to my website under coaching sessions or coaching, uh, whatever, custom coaching, and submit your budget. And uh, Lord willing, I'll, get, I'll reach out to you. And uh, uh, and don't worry about what your budget is. The Holy Spirit leads me to where I got to go. So money don't move me. The will of God does move. All right. So I love you. Y'all be blessed. Uh, thank you, Coach Josh. Excellent. Which book is good for dealing with bad habits? Uh, one of my books, I would say... Um, uh, the counterfeit counterpart books a good book for habits. Um, uh, the purpose of singleness and dating preps a good book on habits. Those three books will work good with habits. Um, I hope that helped. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Uh, peace.